Hey, we're back. I'm here. Tim is here. What is up <laughs> with that, Tim? Hey, give us a little bit of grace today. I'm running the stream again. Um, our producer, he's actually helping me do some stuff today, so I guess I can't really... Uh, Personal can't really, stuff. Yeah, I can't really fuss at him. Reneged on his professional contract. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cut his pay in half. That's what I'm talking half about. Half nothing. Um, good to have you back today. We are gonna be talking about some stuff. I know we got some new listeners that people said they were gonna join today. So here's what we always ask: like it, like the podcast, you know, like the the post or whatever. If you're on um, YouTube, hey, Brack Bivens, thanks for watching. I'm glad to have you all from Cross Brand Cowboy Church over in Lindale. Man, if you're over in the Lindale, Tyler area, and you need a good place to go to church, you need to go to Cross Brand and yeah. uh, listen to Pastor Mike Morrow tell the word there. It's it's a good place. Um, hey, man, uh, be sure to like and, and do us another favor. Share the thing. Um, let's see if any of your friends on your friends list out there would like to, to, to get involved in the podcast. We're going to be talking about something today that – we do talk about it some of our our events that we that we in teachings men's events or just events i don't know why it is i'm gonna throw a rabbit trail here real quick i don't know why it is that people are always like well, we got to do this stuff that we do at men's events what i, I mean that, it's just like I, it, we have this big never mind i'm fixing to run a rabbit trail that that um we're talking about leadership stuff or whatever and it, sometimes it gets pinholed against oh we just can do that with men's groups oh right I mean, and and we're guilty it was just like you know because i had a lady ask me oh, man i've been really interested in some of that material is that is that just for men and i was like well we're just doing it for a men's group right now gotcha but so that may change in this in the spring i'm actually hoping to put some stuff together but if you're a military type and you're watching this may mean more to you um especially if you were in leadership is that true if you were like a platoon leader or something like that or is it going to be or is everybody well it's actually taught when they first get in there but it's kind of like stuff you know it comes in and goes out the other side because it's not something you're actually formally trying to use okay and later on it's one of those things like now i know what my dad was talking about ah gotcha it starts clicking you have a hook for it to hang on when something happens and you need it unless you're kind of academically inclined anyway like you you'd probably get a lot out of that because you can read it and you can actually start absorbing it and putting it into some kind of play for what it says it is right and ding-dongs like me would read it i could get it intellectually but i didn't really know what that meant in the actual movement of life right and so it took some time for that to soak in right well, the, the thing that we want to talk about is, hello, Miss Vasquez, how are you? Um, glad for you to, to be watching, Miss Margarita. Um, one of the things that we talk about, and Tim talks about it at our at our events, almost it's kind of his thing, so I'm going to ask him to explain it, and that's the commander's intent. Um, it's a military term. Um, I want to read from the scriptures, and, and we're, let's show you where it's at in the scriptures and where we're kind of getting the idea. I'm gonna ask Tim to kind of explain what what does it what do we mean by the by the commander's intent and then let's tie it together. And I really wanted to tie this together with last week's podcast where you were absent and we talked about does God heal everybody all the time or does He want to heal everybody all the time? We know right. He doesn't. And and try to to navigate some of that. I want to tie that together kind of when this is over. But if you got a Bible there, you go to Second Timothy chapter two. Our ministry verse is uh, 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. 
Um, but we're going to read the first four verses or so in context and talk about this whole idea of the master's intent. Um, 2 Timothy 2 verse 1 says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It, I have to always resist. I want to stop like every third word and exposit. I'm not going to do that. Okay. It's hard not to. I, I get it. <laughs> you, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And that's where we get learn, teach, repeat from. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please the commanding officer. And that's the verse where we kind of want to jump off and talk about the command. The term that we came that we have is the commander's intent. But it was actually a term that Tim used in one of our leadership trainings in a talk. So, Tim, from a military standpoint, what is the commander's intent? Where did that term come from? Well, basic military training. Uh, well, no, not training. So the military deals with, uh, I guess Von Clausewitz would say that uh, the military arm is a politics by other means. What that means is, is that when violence has to be contended with or force has to be used, uh, that's where you have your trained military, right? Whether it's protection for what we have in our right. ideas or, you know, whatever. So anyway, somebody says, okay, we got to go deal with these people and this is the manner we want it dealt in. Well, that starts an immediate chain of action in the military and they begin to form a plan and they have an academic way to do that and it's called a five paragraph order. And the military does everything in, in terms of acronyms. Gotcha. So they call it SMEAC. Well, that's so creative. Well, and you know what? I've been a long time. I can't remember what all of them mean anymore. But SMEAC, S is the situation. So then they have subparagraphs in these five paragraph orders. And so the situation, you know, they're just trying to dictate. Here's here's the issues going on. Uh, then the M in SMEAC is mission. And so there's subparagraphs in that title too. And so they start, so the one is very broad uh synopsis kind of way and in the mission they start talking about the specifics of where they have to be what they have to do or in theory what that is and the e is execution so there's sub paragraphs in execution and so this this format can be used if two people have been given something you can write you can fill out all five of these paragraphs and it gives you some definition and you work out what you think and why you're doing it or it can be worked on a on call it like a regimental or a division size which is huge right uh and so in one of those size orders it covers everything down to a small unit of individuals even if there are like only two or three of them in a given unit, right? That unit has a piece in the big puzzle. And so their plan would say where everybody's at, what everybody's doing, what's expected of every one of those. Well, the first subparagraph of execution is called commander's intent. And that's where the commander, at whatever level that is, and so let's look at the top. 
So let's say it's a big order. Okay. And you know, this thing may be this thick if you printed it out, if it's on a, if it's on a big scale. And so the commander's intent says, this is what I plan to accomplish in this function. This is what's in my mind. And this entire order is about that commander anyway, right? Everything right. in there. Even though he didn't write all of it, he didn't come up with all of it. Uh, the military has a very exacting way of how things immediately splay out. And then they bring it all back together and they put it in there. And basically they go, is this what you're thinking? And so uh, throughout that, then you can take that order and you can start breaking it down to every little deal. And there's different commanders inside of all that. And so they can, uh, uh, they come up with their intent as well, but their intent looks like that one, gotcha. right? So like World War II, right? Uh, the aim was to win the war. That was Eisenhower's intent. Now it might've been on uh, the European continent or it might've been over here, but my intent is to win the war on the European continent. So you got the small private down there carrying a rifle, just doing combat in the field. And there, that can cause diametric opposition. Yeah. Right. Well, we're going to fall back over here and we're going to regroup and rest. And the private may be going, no, I see opportunity here. That'll help win the war. Right. Right. And so you can, uh, that, that's how military tribunals start looking at things for guys that are under court martial, especially if it's in a, been in a hot environment, so to speak. That's right. So those circumstances are able to come into play. I can also see where the, the, the private with a rifle could see how in the world is what I'm doing right now today have anything to do and going to have any impact on winning this war. Oh I'm yeah. One guy with one rifle and when I look into the scriptures, when it says, no one serving as a soldier, let's keep the analogy, gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. I immediately think of, since you, you went there, this, this soldier, the private with the rifle. And you see this in movies all the time, where, you know, the guy's, he's been shot up, he's wounded, whatever, and he reaches in his pocket. What's nine times out of 10, the movies, what's he going to pull out? The picture of his little girl, ah, right, the picture right, right. of his girl back home, his babies, <laughs> his family, whatever you know, and and he'll, it's in like every every movie, you know, he gives it to the guy that's there with him and says, give this to my whatever, you know, and and dude, if I was off somewhere away, that's what I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have oh yeah a, a connection back to civilian life, but in the throes of battle, when he's charging the hill. He's coming out of the foxhole. Yeah, but I would tell you that's not the connection to civilian to civilian life. What is it? That's, that's what... or at least for me anyway, even that specific scenario, the things that I love, what I'm doing here is for the thing that I love. So explain that. What do you mean? Well, we were talking about World War II and Eisenhower being the big guy. That wasn't his commander's intent. Right. But just to make it simple, uh, so if the if the private with the rifle pulls out the picture, one of two things happens there. I would tell you, civilian life 
is the leading the life you want to live. Okay. There you, that's on your hand, at your time, what you want to do. Okay. Uh, because we only do the hard things because we have to okay. in some sense. And that could be your work. It could be whatever that is, right? And so that that picture in your hand, and as you're looking at it, you can go that way. I'm done with this. I want to be there. Or you look at that and you go, I, I, this affects this face. If we don't win this war, if these I people don't, are in trouble. Yeah. In the long run, they're going to be in trouble. And what I'm doing right here relative to that, obeying what the order is, I might not get all of it, but I got to have the faith, the fact that they've got the vision. So... If and I, that's what it's about, really, is where's the vision and who has it. And, you know, Tim and I bat around. We, we I don't want to say that. We we try not to just spin the same wheels all the time. We were talking about that before. Oh, you mean in here? In here and just in teaching in general. But almost every story, every passage, every direction comes down to what part do I play today, right now, in my walk with the Lord, in our commander's intent? What is it that the Lord, creator God of the universe, wants to accomplish, and what is my piece in it? I love the way you just said that the way you define being entangled in the... Because let me read the scripture. It says that no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. And you characterize that as following the desires and the pursuits of what I want to do in the way that I want to do it. Well, that's not necessarily in a bad sense either, but yeah. when you're not in some big conglomerate, yeah. whatever, that's what you do every day. You do what you want. Yeah. And yeah, and I don't mean that in a rebellious sense. Yeah. I just mean in a, my granddad would say in a druthers, what, yeah. I, what would I rather do? <laughs> that's that's um, right. My druthers. No, it's like if I had a choice to get paid to go to work or get paid to go fish, <laughs> right. that's not a hard discussion. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go fish every single stinking time. I've never had anybody be like, oh man, tomorrow's Monday. I got, I've got to go to the lake tomorrow. I'm really just not looking forward to that. I, that, you know, it's for somebody who fishes. Right, know, right, right. Or, or fill in the blank. And what it comes down to for us, everything, every, our whole thing is Bible study. You were telling me a story about somebody that you were showing just the other day, how to use blue letter Bible, you know? Everything we do is trying to point people into the word and into into the the thing, and because you can, if you don't understand the commander's intent, which is what is it that my commander wants from me? Let's back up a little bit. So we talk about the same thing all the time here on the podcast, or it seems to be in one form or another. And we don't really teach rules. This is what you ought to be doing. This is how you need to do it. We only do that in terms of pick up your Bible and read it. And right. so, so this commander's intent uh, may help give reference in the, in the respect. So the military has a captive audience. So when you're given the order, this is the simple way of thinking. When you're given the order, you just do it. And that automatically leads in all humans, not just Americans, a rebellious right. function that, that starts to come up and we know we have to quell that. And so, uh, but it, it, 
especially in the military and the lower ranks, you know, it just seems redundant. You do the same things over and over and, you know, where's the big picture? Or you may not even be thinking in the big picture. may not even know how to think like that. And that's where sometimes it kind of falls apart. That's why I get people that come out of the service and they're like, man, I hated every second of that. Because they weren't looking on a bigger picture. Uh, and whether they should have or whatever, that's not my point. Right. But my point is, is that if you get a grasp of what vision is, because that's what all of this is about. Uh, I want to know, and actually in the military, you have the capacity. You might be down in some lower-end unit or what seems like a lower-end unit, and you know what the guy telling you what to do because you know who they are. You can see right. them in the face. You know their personalities. Right. right. Uh, and you go, in, in, in the very basic sense, you may go, well, they look like they believe what's happening here, so I'll just... I'll take that on face value. Right. But they do have the capacity to go up into the higher orders. I learned that over a period of time, being I was in the infantry. Uh, and I always kind of thought on bigger pictures anyway, so I always knew there was something else going there. And so I started learning to look up the chain, so to speak. So I had the guy that was in my face telling me what to do, and I started looking right past him, looking at the guy that was leading him. And so that went up. And so you'd get into the officer in charge of a platoon, so to speak. There's roughly 40 people in a platoon. And so there's a leader for that. That's a commissioned officer. And so you start looking at that guy in the face. And sometimes, you know, they're goobery and stupid. And so you have to deal with the platoon sergeant who's experienced and been around a while. Uh, but the intent, the vision, you know, uh, you're looking for somebody that seems to really believe what they're doing and not just going through the motions. And so, well, that, that's what I'm talking about in terms of a five paragraph order. Uh, you can go up several levels of that. And that's what I started learning to do. I'm looking for that vision. So I'm going to go look for the guy whose place it is to do the whole thing. And I figure if I can put myself in his mind, and then what that meant for me was is sometimes I didn't know who that big officer was. So I'd go look up their bios. Yeah. I'd start finding out about who they were, or at least who they said they were. Well, you, you've taken us to a place that I really wanted to get, and that is there's, there's a couple of things. You have to, and you developed it by looking at the bios and doing things, but at some level you have to trust the person up there for the mission. Yeah. For what you're doing. And I, I was talking with Tammy the other night about, and we were, last week we were talking about, you know, our situation with Brenna and the conversation of whether or not, you know, it's God's will that she is the way she is. We, if you go look at last week's podcast, I'm not going to rehash that again. Um, but there was a scene in a movie that, that illustrates a lot of this to me in terms of the, the bad situations, trust of your commander and the bigger picture. And it's and it's the bo uh, movie U five seven one to to you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's a submarine movie. I love yeah. I love war movies. There's a scene though in in the movie where the submarine's taken on water and there's a valve down in some hold that uh, is uh, leaking. It's like an air valve or whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Is. I saw the movie. I know what you're talking about. Well, to it's got to be shut off. Or they're all gonna die. If oh, by the way, spoiler alert. Sorry if you hadn't seen the movie. It's an old movie, but um, 
And I, and I think it's Matthew McConaughey that's is the commander. Yeah, it is. And he, he sends this young sailor and he's got to go shut this off. And they put an air hose on him and stuff. It's in a flooded compartment. It's in a flooded compartment and they know the air hose isn't long enough. But the mission is I've got to get that done or this whole boat's going down. Everybody's going to die. And the commander knew when he sent him in there. He ain't coming back. And the kid knew when he went in there. He ain't coming back. And But he gets in there as the story goes. Of course, he gets to the end of this deal. He's got to take out oxygen off. And he goes, long story short, he winds up, you know, doing the deal. And uh, the boat is, he does what he's supposed to do. And he dies. Yeah. And you can you can really see, even in that movie sequence, there's that guy had a mission. His intent, his purpose, shut the valve off. Yeah. Die doing it if you have to. But that saved the ship, which the ship had some information on it that was needed for the war effort, yeah. which was needed for the humanity's <clears throat> effort against the Nazis, yeah. and so forth and so on. And so the guy down in the flooded compartment, if he can see past the fact that I'm about to die, up these levels of intent into I'm fixing to die, but it's so that we can stop the the Jewish onslaught. Well, and for him, I would have told you that he did it for the guys that were on his boat. Exactly. He knows all the other stuff, but the other stuff's what's right in front of his face. Yeah. You know, this commander intent stuff, we were talking about this, as an academic level, everybody out here is going, okay, I get that. But I don't agree with that part of it. Well, not the commander's intent, but... He's not pointing at me. He's saying, not, what happens when I disagree? Yeah, well, I was actually pointing past Matt. Okay. Yeah. So somewhere over there, you know, I don't really agree with that guy's take on this. And unfortunately, they, you know... So that that's rebelliousness and human nature. And and that, that, that has bearing here. So uh, we're just... We're, we're giving this a commander's intent thing. Not to tell you that that's what you have to do. Right. Right. It's trying just to give clarity on what is it you either believe God is who he is and you want to follow him even though you don't know all this stuff. And in previous studies and things that we've done, we've come to the conclusion that uh, he's created you and he has yeah. implanted himself in you, which is why you even would think about having these desires anyway. Right. And everybody has them. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> that, <laughs> and you can look at it right now and go, well, I don't know about that. I get that, not not beating you up. Uh, but in this context, that's what Paul is saying. And we were talking about earlier, so he tells him in verse 2, uh, you've heard me teach things. Uh, this is the New Living Translation. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now read it out of the New Living Translation on purpose. Because in a lot of respects, I think the New Living Translation kind of dumbs things down a little bit. <laughs> and it takes away from some of the breadth of what's really being said there if you read it in Greek or something. So you can read that and you can go just take off anything else that you think you know about scriptures or Paul or anybody else. And so on this micro way of looking at it, you know, Paul is this guy. And we know that he's doing Christian work and we might let's leave it like, well, he's just trying to, he's just trying to perpetuate his Christian work. And you don't really have a definition for that. Right. Use a little C Christian work. You know, it's his job. 
and he might like his job. And that's how a lot of us in a two-dimensional sense look at that. You know, so he's just trying to push what he wants and he's trying to intimidate Timothy here and influence him. I mean, our culture is rife with this kind of stuff right now. And so uh, what we're doing from where we've been and how we've been in our life and we've chased both kind of paths, so to speak, we keep saying the things that we say because we're not trying to convince you that you need to be doing this. We're trying to tell you that, hey, this guy that we're following, speaking of Christ and the Lord himself, it is so real. And if this book, well, my phone, but the book is in it, that thing, uh, it tells us that it's inerrant and it's written by his hand, basically. It's paraphrasing. We really believe that. Yeah. Uh, because if we don't believe it, we're going to be in the mindset that I was just talking about. Well, I'm just a guy trying to push what I want to happen because there's a benefit in there somewhere. Right. And so this commander's vision thing, if you don't believe that that any of that, if you don't believe that God is sovereign, if you don't believe he is who he says he is, whether you understand all this stuff or not, you're right. It's almost a wasted effort to pursue it. And uh, not trying to discourage anybody from pursuing that. Because uh, even the Bible says that if what I'm trying to, Paul says, uh, if all this stuff is not real, then I'm a pitiful, yeah. worthless individual. Yeah. And he can say that because he, he's like, so back in that piece of scripture where he says, where you've heard me teaching these things and have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses, we're taking a whole vast thing that we've learned through experience. And we see when Paul says something like that, it's not this micro thing, just do what I tell you to do. Right. But in our human sense, we believe, well, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Right. We can't tell you that. Right. We can give you a list. Well, yeah, you shouldn't lie. You shouldn't cheat. You shouldn't steal. You should be honest. You should do all these things. That has nothing to do with the kingdom. That has nothing to do with the commander. Those are things that we will do if we start seeing it and we feel those things are right. Those are specific things to do right. But the reason you want to do them and pursue them is who he is, which brings us to the other point. So I'd go dig up bios. I'd try to find out who this who this clown is that's telling me to go stick my neck up and get my head shot off. Our aim in teaching kingdom vision is to teach you to go grab a hold of this entity, God, and find out who he is. Yeah. And you can look at him and say, you can hold him up by the scruff of the shirt, so to speak, and look at him in the face and say, I'm not doing any of these things until I can see who you are. That's what Jacob did, really. Yes. I'm not letting go until you bless me. And the fact, not that I'll decide to do it, just that, but then you start running in for those of us that have, we start finding how undone we are, and we start, yeah. uh, it's this wrestle, what the Bible says, working out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's where you really got to learn to hang on to the guy. <laughs> yeah. Because we get tied up in, well, if I do this wrong or I slip back and, I don't know, what do the Baptists call it? Uh, backsliding. backsliding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I never used to. I'd hang on to all these terms and try to hang on to this stuff. Now I look at it and I laugh about it. Like, that's going to keep me from being able to hang on to who the Lord is. The commander's intent. This guy's got it going on. He knows exactly where he's at, and he has influenced everything for your good. 
Well, and that's where... And we, that's a learned thing to get a hold of, so yeah, that's wrestling where, with him is where we came up with that stuff. That's where we were at last week was... It was me a little bit pushing back against... Our, our, our vision is so myopic. It's so narrow yeah. on whether or not my child should be healed, whether or not I should get the job, whether or not fill in the blank, my cancer should go away. And if that's all we can look at, not that we don't look at those things. Yeah. That's part of the journey. But if that's all we look at, then that's all we can think of in terms of, which would be paramount or tantamount to uh, the soldier saying, the only thing I can focus on today is the fact that I'm getting my head shot off. Yeah. But we've got to peel back. And I think that's a reason that he says in verse 3, um, share in the sufferings as a good soldier it's yeah it's it's yes and to use your terms then he goes on and says no one serving as a soldier gets focused on the way he wants to do things and his druthers yes okay you've got to stay focused on his commanding officer you got to stay focused on what the bigger picture is and so everything that we do comes down to me Every scripture that I get in, it has implications for me personally, ministerially, whatever. But ultimately, we got to take what it says and pan back and say, how does this fit into what our commanding officer is wanting? How can I please my commanding officer in this? So one aspect of that is just, just for an example. Say, well, but if I focus on my efforts on that, my family's going to suffer because that's where I'm spending all my time looking. Cause I may not work as well at work or I may not do this, that, or the other. I would tell you if you focus on the commander learning who he is and how that is, is going to benefit later on yeah. in ways that you can't even grasp right now. And so, uh, at worst case, you might get some ridicule about why you read your Bible all the time. Yeah. And depending on where you live and you know, if you're in the middle of New York, not that New York's a, a Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm just saying that uh, a worldly, more worldly kind of mindset is what I'm trying to do. And I just said New York is a, is that how you think, I guess, versus being in some Bible Belt town yeah. somewhere. Uh, they can both be hypocritical. They can both do all those things. But uh, one wouldn't, wouldn't beat you up so bad if you're actually sitting out in public reading the Bible, just for an example. Uh, and so... I just thought of something you done there. Uh, well, go ahead because I just forgot what well, I was saying. It, it's like the pursuit of who God is and finding out about his character and his nature will impact every single aspect of your life, every single aspect. And it should impact the more you learn about him and the more you become undone before him, the more you learn to trust him, the more you fill in the blank. I mean, he just becomes real in your life, which impacts the kind of dad you are, the kind of husband you are, the kind of mom you are. It begins to make it easier to self-sacrifice for people and for causes. And because you begin to learn who he is, it helps you to handle things. I, I love studying the book of Job because the dude lost everything and he was a righteous man. He wasn't in sin. And from the outside, you'd look at that and say he lost everything as a bet between God and and Satan. That's a whole different podcast. That's a whole different, yeah, a it whole different it, look. But it wasn't a bet. Like there wasn't a wager. But no, it, I know there wasn't. But I mean, you could look at it and yeah, because and God's literal words in the text were, eh, "Have you 
you have you considered Job? Yeah. <laughs> and and it's like, and it was not even a question because Satan said, "Oh, well, yeah." It was kind of if you read it, the, the the tone is, "Yes, I have, but I am blocked. I can't do it." And God's like, "Okay, I'll take the block off." It literally was God's idea and God's fault that all of it happened. Yeah. And then when he began to lament, I love the response where God says, Hey, where were you when I told the oceans to stop? Where were you when I, when the goats on the mountains were given birth and things like that? And at the end of that discourse, Job says, you know what? I'm going to put my hand over my mouth and I'm going to stop speaking. Well, so commander's intent we were talking about earlier the intent of the commander was to redeem what the creation was intended to be. Right. So when you look in Revelations 4 and 5, uh, it has a picture of God sitting on his throne with his parchment in his hand or a book. Scroll, yeah. Well, I say a parchment because when you actually break down the definition, you say a book, you know, you think some big heavy book because it's big and it's kingdomly and all that. But it's really talking about literally just a few pages which has some significance we can talk about later. And then the crucifixion takes place in kingdoms, in reading Revelation 4 and 5, and Jesus stands up out of the middle of God looking like a slain lamb. Everybody's worried that this plan of redemption, God's plan was messed up, and, and it couldn't be what it was supposed to be. And all the characters in the heavenly realms there, they're still praising God, but... Somebody's got to open the they're, scroll. They're worried that it can't happen anymore because the yeah. fall of man. And Jesus stands up out of the middle and he takes that scroll out of his hand and and all of a sudden heaven explodes because they're like, oh, wow, he had it all figured out. It is going to be redeemed. Well, not is. It is At that point, redeemed. it was done. Yeah. And so that was the commander's intent was to redeem the creation back like it was. So from the kingdom perspective, that's been achieved. But the same intent now, what he did is the overall problem was fixed. Now he's looking at you and me right where you and I sit. And he's going, I've already fixed this too, but now you have to help work it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and, and not that he, you're not, I don't not mean. Not work you, it out in the sense of its solution, but you have to work it out in your own self. Between you and him. Yeah, right. He's looking to, he's pulling you up in his face and he's making you look. And we look at it the other way around. Like, I want to look in God's face, but I'm too ashamed to do it, or I don't want to today, or whatever that is. And you're missing the whole point. He's already got you up in his face, just like the redemption was already done, regardless of what Satan thought was going on. And and it's not like, I, I want to characterize... That, the point of that is how powerful that is. And that's the guy who's asking you, come on, find out who I am. You already have a lot of it there, because I've already given you all that. Well, and it's like, I've got, <laughs> I've got boys... I've had a couple of girls too, but being a boy dad is different than being a girl dad. You know this. And there have been times where I wanted to pull my sons up in my face, and my tone probably wasn't nurturing. Okay? <laughs> and even when they're little, you listen to me. You look right here. I want you to hear what I'm saying. There's that tone. But then there's the tone of when they're downcast and they're feeling this or that, and they're, or there's something tragic has happened. And you say, no, I want you to look in my face. See the tone change? You need to look right here. Um, because everything's going to be okay. I need you to trust me. About three nights ago, um, 
one of we had to do something that was the hardest thing we do as a special needs parent to me. Um, anytime we have to do any kind of procedure on Brenna and she's awake, she's got to be restrained. Yeah. And she had a cut, an infected cut, and we had to doctor told us to just lance it. And so that that means dad mm-hmm. gets to dad gets to put the pressure and hold her still. Physically restrained. Physically restrained. And here's what gets me because mom and nurse are doing their thing. Um and she's looking at me right in the face. And I'm it's happened with blood draws, it's happened with and she's looking at me. The look on her face is why are you why doing, are you this, doing to this to me? Yeah. Why are you letting this happen? Yeah. And I'm just and even it's harder with her because she can't understand, but I'm telling her, you've just got to trust me. I love you. Look me right in the face. Don't look over there. Look right here. Don't look over there. Look right here. This is what you need to see right now. Yeah. Because I know the bigger picture. I know that if we don't fix this, your finger's going to fall off. We got to, you know, eventually look at me. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I think about him every time we have to go through that, that my world's upside down. I don't understand. And he's saying in this text, endure as a soldier and don't worry about what they're doing to your finger over there. Yeah. You look into the face of God, into the Peniel, the face of yeah. God, yeah. and you trust him and you keep your eyes on him. And we see things in scripture like keep your eyes on Christ and for the glory that lay before him, it says Jesus turned his face to the cross. That's what that's like. It's, I know what's coming. I know what's happening, yet I'm going to keep looking at my father. And that's, that's what we try to do every time we get together is yeah. encourage people to keep your face in his face because in doing so, he's like, look, you're going to need to endure. It's going to be tough, but you've, you've learned a lot. Now teach other people that you see getting their face off of where it needs to be. He said, you teach them to get their face back. Yes. You know, that's what the learn teach repeat is about. It's not an academic function. Yeah. It's about what you have learned, what you've been through. And not yeah, what you've been through and learn. It's not most people because we're so two dimensional. It's I know this academically from some form or another, and now I'm supposed to go teach that. And we see that that's what the Christian faith is supposed to be doing. That, that's there, not what it means in Deuteronomy by like walking in the morning. You get up and you think and you pray and you do these things, and in the afternoon you lead your children and you show these things. It's not just the academic function right. of it. It's as you wrestle with the Lord. You see the kingdom. Well, and 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 there is, there is, or there are some academic style. No, I, for that. I, I agree. But I agree. I'm, I'm going to tell you this as a, as a father of seven <laughs> with varying degrees of quote unquote success in leading your children to the Lord. Um, there have been times where we've sat down and said, "Here's what the Bible says. Thus saith the Lord." And we do that, and they kind of get it. But I want to tell you the most impactful learning and training that I've seen come out in fruit in their adult lives have been those times where we've sat down and been like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I know this. Let's talk about what the Lord looks like. I don't know why this is happening or that's happening, but I know he's good and I know he's holy and he's righteous. And that's what this says. And it says he's going to break the spears and the bows of those that oppose him. And, and he's going to, he's going to shore up the weak knees and the bones that he's broken. I don't, I don't know how he's going to do it, but it says that he's good and he wants to. And, and so in those moments, we point them to who he is. 
Yes. And then as they get older and they get out in life and something happens and all of a sudden they find themselves going, oh, that's what he meant. Not just what dad meant, but that's what the commander meant. Yes. And Jesus even teaches that in a well-quoted verse all the time. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. So you, that's that point of trying to get a hold of this guy and learn who he is. And it's not, see, here's the difference. Us, when we got people trying to follow us around, you know, I'm trying to make myself scarce because I don't really want people looking at him. It's weird, right? He ain't like that. Right. But we start looking at it and it's not how we think he should be. Therein lies the battle. And we start going back and, and he knows that. Yeah. Man, does he know that. Yeah. And yet he keeps skirting in front of you all the time. So if you've got that draw or that urge to, I want to know what reality is, like with a capital R, that's what you're asking. That's the spirit prompting you is what's happening in that. And so that's him reaching down and going, hey, over here, look at me. Why do I have to do that? I don't know what that is. Well, we come back to the same thing. Spend a little time figuring it out. 2 Corinthians 4.18, somebody check me on that. Um, it says, it talks about, and I always care to like, push through what you can't see. Don't focus on what you can see. Yeah. Focus on what you can't see because what you can't see is what's eternal. It's Elisha and Jahazi. It's, yeah. it's, and that's, we tell these kind of, and they're not our stories. You look into all these Old Testament stories. It's like the Mr. Miyagi moments, you know, it's yes, we're surrounded, but there's more of us than there are with them. You just can't always see them. Focus on the reality. That's why Jahazi was all, ah, and Elisha's like, what? You know, you, kind of, you get the picture in the story. He's like, why are you waking me up? And then, he, okay, Lord, open his eyes so he can see. You know, you almost get this begrudgingly kind of, look, can I go back to sleep now? You know, that's kind of the, the feel. So all of these are examples. When you read, and that's why we have want you to read in the scriptures, they're not just stories about these people that did this, that, or the other. The whole story of Job is not about Job. Right. It's about the guy that was even set him up, so to speak. You could, you could read the book of Job, and, and if you're looking at that analytically, you're going, man, God set this guy up, and he didn't do a thing. Right. But the way God does business, remember, he's eternal. He took care of Job just fine. I think, and this is, this is me talking, this ain't the Spirit of the Lord talking, I think that Job went through what he did because Job loved the Lord. Everything about Job was about him. And you can read in his actions. That's why I say that. God used him to put him through that so that we could see it. Us sitting right here. And he knew that. He was looking way down the road. Again, that's about vision. Well, And And that guy has vision. And we think we are so in the moment. We read the story of Job and we feel bad for Job. But in God's economy and timeline, which doesn't exist because he's he's outside of... Not the way we deal with it. Yeah. Job in eternity. Every time one of us comes in that got the crap kicked out of us all the time and stayed faithful because of what we read about Job... Yeah. Yeah. You can... Powerful, isn't it? It is powerful because, you know, I see Christ sitting there going, Job, I know that was tough, but see that guy? Yeah, that was for him. Well, and he he'll do that it now billions and trillions of times <laughs> yeah. and be like, Job, see that one? See those three million people down there that got martyred and were able to withstand because they looked at your testimony? I could see that. 
It wasn't that I did this to you in hopes that that would happen. He said, I knew this was going to be the deal and I just needed you. I wanted you to play that part. Here is your reward. And Job turned around and went, I'm glad you did. Exactly. I guarantee you. And and that's not subjective thought. Um, uh, Moses, who did all these things and God let him, he couldn't even go into the promised land because he got mad and smacked a rock, right? And you think, well, that's... How, how such a little thing? How could he? I'm I'm talking about from somebody who's looking at this and yeah. trying to prove out how stupid God is or how mean he is. We know that wasn't true because in the transfiguration in the New Testament, Moses was one of the guys that right. was standing there. Yep. And yeah. <laughs> and 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 people like to take that and go, well, that was the time that he got to see Jesus, and and it affirmed him. I don't believe that in a second. No. He knew all that from the time he was in the kingdom. And he was there helping Jesus. Yeah. I like the elder in the elder in John in yeah. in, in Revelations four and five. That's a whole nother it's good, day. That's a whole nother day, but I'm telling you, I, I'm saying that to say that what he said is not a speculative yeah. well, you know, I think this is the way it was. No, we have evidences of what's transpiring Proving out the kingdom's vision. That's why it's such a big deal that I'm following. One of the things I've been working on is a a message about the weakness of Jesus. (laughs) And one of the moments that I I talk about or I want to talk about is that transfiguration moment. Yeah. In the temptation moments when the man part of Jesus needed something. And what was provided to him in that moment is, is like on a scale I can't explain, but like I've said it like this before, I've been in dark places before or been in a, even a church service where it's, it's dark or something oppressive or whatever. And I see my, my, my guys come in So you and Patrick, y'all walk in the back door or we'll <laughs> go into a place. And it's just like, all of a sudden there's just, it breathes life into yeah. you because your spirit bears witness yeah. with their spirit and the spirit, Holy spirit strengthened in you. And you're like, all right, we can do this. That's what I see on the Mount of Transfiguration. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good analogy. That's right. And we see it in the Garden of Gethsemane. We see it as he prayed, is there another way than the Holy Spirit just... And and I think when he's going back, could you not watch with me an hour? Yeah. It wasn't about a chastisement. It was like, guys, I really need you right now. I am the creator of all things by the word of my mouth, and I need you. That's... You with me? Yeah, that's awesome. And that is when we can keep our head on the commander's intent. Sometimes your only role in the commander's intent is to make sure somebody else goes another mile. Yeah. There's been a thousand times. It does. It's not complex. There have been a, I mean, I wish I had a dollar for every time that I've kind of wanted to throw in the towel. And Mm. Tim here has a few choice words. (laughs) Get up, choice words. get up and get with it. When I was in Mexico and gripped in fear, couldn't get up off the bed and teach. And my wife gets on FaceTime in Mexico and I'm like, honey, I don't think I can teach. I don't know what's going on. I was having an anxiety attack. Never had this before. Totally gripped. I didn't, couldn't move. And my wife on the phone looks at me and she says, you know what? You may die down there. You may not make it home, but you've got a job to do. Now get up and go teach your class. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And we did, you know, but that's a Mount of Transfiguration kind of moment. Yeah, that's awesome stuff. And so 
he's saying endure with patience, or he says endure as a soldier. Yeah. Take all this stuff that you go through, share it with other people. And as the sometimes I go, man, we always seem to be talking about the same stuff. But if you read the writings of Paul, he had like three sermons yeah. that he preached all over the world. Okay. And so keep your face on him. That's what I want you to take away from today. You got to keep your face on him. The commander's intent <laughs> is for your face to be in his. Yeah. And there's lots of facets to that, but he's just saying, trust me, trust me, trust me. And so we do talk about the same thing a lot. So we brought this commander's intent and thing in here just to try to help give you some reference of sort. Yeah. So uh, you don't have to call it commander's intent. Like no. I said, it's just a... You can call it the will of just, God. Just another way to look at it to try to keep reference. Um, Got to go. I, uh, if you're out and about and you're not in a church somewhere and you happen to be watching this podcast, which I think would be weird, um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to be preaching at... China Grove Baptist Church this Sunday. Uh, their pastor's not feeling well. I'm going to be there. Uh, that, I'm excited about that. Um, I know that there's a little church in Trinidad, Calvary Baptist Church. Would love to have you. If you're in that region, come see them. If you're out looking for a spot, um, of course, locally here, we got the Bridge Fellowship Church. Find some place to go get with other believers. That's what yeah. I'm getting at. Just go get with other believers and worship the King, man. That Just put your face in His and worship Him. Um, we've got a lot of stuff again going on in the ministry. We're putting together. Um, I, I've got a vision for a, a conference that I want to put on in the spring. Um, it'd be a two-day conference. It's not a leadership conference. It's not a pastor's conference. It's a kingdom vision conference where we're going to spend a couple of days talking about some of this stuff, digging into the word, teaching you how to study the word and those sorts of things. Um, open to men, women, um, teenagers and everything. And so, don't have any details on that yet, but just keep watching. Go like our Facebook page, um, and and we'll be sharing stuff there. If you like our Facebook page, it will then invite you to come join the Crucibles Fire community. It's a closed group um, on Facebook. We'd love to have you be a part of that. You got anything? Nope. We love you guys. Talk to you later. See you on the podcast next time. Maybe Tim will be here. You never can tell. <laughs>